0: dare to self-care i'm jen lifestyle youtuber and your host of this podcast where we dive deep with insightful guests to find out how self-care has played a role in their success welcome to our community hello everyone and welcome back to our community (laughs) I'm laughing with myself because I just recorded this intro and my microphone never connected and it sounded like shit. So we're here. We're good. We're going to re record and get back in the flow. <laughs> you know, nothing ever goes as planned, nothing ever goes perfectly. You just got to roll with it. Okay. So I'm back in New York City the last few weeks. I was in Colorado, as you know, or if you're new, welcome. I was in Colorado for the last two weeks. First week I spent with Ethan, my boyfriend's family, in Basalt right by Aspen. And the second week I spent in Denver where I was planning to make this whole video series for my YouTube channel on what it's like to live in different cities, starting with Denver. And I invited a bunch of Denver locals to send me some clips, include their insights, a bunch of different perspectives. So that is exciting. It definitely didn't go as planned, which is the theme of my month, honestly, but Really of life, but let's dive right in. If you're new, every week I do a little segment at the beginning what was in alignment for me this week and what was out of alignment for me this week. And I encourage you guys to reflect on your weeks as well. So, as I just mentioned, what was in alignment for me was being away, getting away. Honestly, I would say what's in alignment is taking a break from New York City. And coming back with a new appreciation and excitement for being in in New York City. So as we kind of touch on in the beginning of this episode with Rachel, New York City is a lot. There is so much inspiration here, but it can almost be overstimulating and overwhelming to the point where like I am inspired too much of the time and I'm making content too much of the time. And it can just become a lot. Like right now, I live on the ground floor and I'm looking out my window at shadows of people walking by. I'm hearing people on the phone. I'm hearing people going to work, going to a workout class. And it's just nonstop. You always kind of feel like you should be doing something here. And it's, it's overstimulating. It can be anxiety inducing, or it can be like an amazing, exciting feeling. It really just depends on your personality or it depends on the day. But for me, I really thought I was going to like go to Colorado and be like, wow, I need to live more of a life like this because I was starting to get very overwhelmed with New York city and very intrigued by living elsewhere, which is why I'm starting that series. But I think that series is filling up my cup enough. And like the excitement of looking at different cities, looking at how other people live, looking at the possibilities, getting new experiences for myself. And I, I've realized New York city is my home for now, for sure. I think, you know, getting out there, being in the mountains. I've never taken a ski trip in my life. I've never been anywhere mountainous other than Switzerland. So don't feel too bad for me, but it wasn't snowy at the time. I've just, you know, I've never really taken like a ski trip before. So having a new experience was really exciting for me. And Ethan and I have been talking a lot about this idea of expanding your comfort zone rather than just stepping out of it for a moment and then crawling back into it. It's like, no, I tried out skiing for the first time. I took a few lessons and then soon enough, like that will be within my comfort zone and my comfort zone will have expanded and there's new things to step out of my comfort zone for and and greater and larger things and more exciting things with every year that passes by because I want to really commit to including new things within my comfort zone which starts with stepping out of it and trying out new things. Ethan and I are going to do a whole episode on that. But really, the trip was incredible. Getting out in the mountains, like being able to recharge and just be in a slower pace of life for two whole weeks was incredible. It was so needed. And just instead of feeling that like post-trip depression that I think a lot of us can feel when you're really looking forward to something and then you come back and you're like, you go from a really high high to a really low low because it's over. I actually don't feel that way. And I think that's the beauty in these longer trips and taking trips where we left for two weeks and we were working from home most days. So we were able to, because of the time difference, work from home and then get off at 3 p.m. and explore the city. And of course, we took a few days off here and there. But the beauty of taking a longer trip is that by the end of it, you've immersed yourself, you've done everything you needed to do. You had the time to do it. And now you get to come home and just feel excited to come home and fully recharged. And I know there's a ton of privilege in that and it's very expensive to take trips, but we're very grateful that we were able to stay with family for the first week. And then for a little bit of the second week, it was actually covered by a hotel that hosted us called Catbird because I was supposed to shoot a ton of footage for them, which I got to, but we'll get to why that was kind of out of alignment for me this week. But anyway, really what it was is, Ethan and I just always feel such growth from every single trip that we take. I almost look back at our relationship in like markers of trips that we've taken. There's such growth. There's such new experiences. There's such a beauty in doing something that isn't in your daily routine. And I just really want to make sure to take a moment to reflect on that and reflect on the past two weeks before I throw myself into the hustle and bustle, which I already have of New York City. But I want to try to journal on you know, I already like documented the nitty gritty of everything we did. That's not really how I go about journaling. I kind of have my vlogs for that on YouTube, but I really go deeper in my journals. I like to use it as an opportunity to dive a little deeper, be more mindful, figure out what's really going on internally. And I just want to do that after this trip, just to like document what I learned and I think how I'm going to do that is just pull up some prompts. I'm going to do a deep dive on Pinterest, find like three travel prompts that I like and just reflect, answer those few because sometimes journaling, it's just like I want to get out every single thing I'm thinking and feeling and my hand hurts. So I think a few prompts is the way to go for me. So I'm going to do that later tonight. Now let's get into what was out of alignment for me this past week. So I think I mentioned it on last week's intro because it was the day I got sick for sure, it was getting sick the day we left to get to Denver. So I finally felt better over the weekend, like over the past few days, right before we were flying back to New York City. So I got to do the whole brewery thing, get my beers in, because I felt really fine and great. And I finally did a workout, like the day before we left at F45. I I was just really excited for this series about moving to new cities. I've been talking about it with you guys for over a month. I was excited to meet up with these friends that I had made through creating this video through requesting locals to put their input into my video and I just think it's a fun new experience to meet up with new friends and new people and like test that side of you out how do you act in different settings if me and Ethan were to meet up with this couple that I met online and just meet up for drinks like it's just putting yourself in new situations and also like figuring out what it really would be like to live there so all these things I really wanted to do. But at that point, I didn't know if I had COVID or not yet. So I was really devastated that I couldn't do much. Spoiler alert, I took like 18,000 tests and somehow didn't have COVID. (laughs) And so that's a plus. But I, you know, I really wanted to try out a bunch of workout classes all week long. And that was probably the most devastating. If you know me, I really wanted to check out the group fitness scene there. That's a huge part of seeing if I can live somewhere is like, What are the people like? What is the energy in a workout class? Could I work at this workout studio? And just like having workout classes to try out, it's my favorite thing to do. So that sucked, but we always have to find the positive or a learning moment in what was out of alignment. And honestly, Ethan was so great about helping and supporting me to get the footage I needed for all my projects I committed to in moments where I was feeling good enough. So I did get what I needed. I got enough footage to make these amazing videos. I'm sure you wouldn't even notice on your end that, you know, the projects were tampered with, but I, I got every single thing that I needed, even if it was bare minimum. So I didn't need to do some extra voiceover or creative work in the editing post-production side of YouTube, but I will have videos to share about what it's like to live in Denver and I will have everything I needed to shoot for the hotel. So thank God. And I'm happy I pushed through. And I had a partner of, in Ethan that was able to just help me actually, you know, physically shoot the content when I was feeling okay, too. And also pushed me to do it because he knew it would make me feel better. When I had a moment of like, oh, I could do this right now. I should do this right now. But I don't feel like it. He was like, let's do it. It's fun. So I'm very thankful I have him. And, you know, it'd be way different when you surround yourself with people who are more like, eh, who wants to do that right now? Don't do it. Or like, fuck it mentality you know it's like you gotta surround yourself with people who are more supportive so I'm very grateful that I had him and that I got everything I needed to get done and I was able to enjoy and push through and I was negative for COVID many times so I did not need to quarantine fully you know I rested a lot but I was able to go to dinner outside and just I did what I could I got what I needed to get done so it sucked in the moment but I recovered towards the end of the week and we were, you know, we were able to get a really great and fun experience out of it. And Saturday we had one of our days where we rented a car and just were able to like stop by all these small towns and that's our favorite thing to do. So Always a positive out of the negative. Let's get into the guest of this week because I'm so excited to be able to say that it is the co-founder of Pevolve, Rachel Katzman. Pevolve is an omni-channel fitness brand featuring a global on-demand platform, live virtual classes, a growing line of equipment, and studios in New York City, Chicago, and Los Angeles for in-person workout classes. So she launched the company in 2017. And it's known for its functional fitness philosophy, which we'll get into for rethinking fitness and learning to move the way your body was designed to move with less pain. So we will get into all of that. We'll get into how and why she started Pvolve. We'll get into learning to manage pain, you know, as she's working out with scoliosis, building strength in a low impact workout. Because I think there's a large misconception that I have fallen into as well myself that If you're not lifting huge weights and doing high intensity interval training, you're not building strength. You might be toning up, but you're not building strength. So she talks to us about that. And then a huge theme in this episode, which I loved because it's really just an overall wellness episode. She shares tips on how to actually get started with building a sustainable wellness and fitness journey and lifestyle. And it's super relatable. I think we can all relate to, including Rachel, the the idea of like, okay, I'm going to start tomorrow. I'm going to get my green juice. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to go to the workout class. I'm going to meditate. And like, we put so much pressure on day one of this journey being absolutely perfect. And it's just not realistic. So we dive into all of that and Similarly, like this idea of, you know, you're going to workout classes and you're not supposed to enjoy it. You're supposed to feel pain, push through the pain and dread going the next day. But you know, it doesn't have to be that way. We talk about all of these ideas, how to push past being intimidated by a workout class or new wellness ritual. And we talk about her navigating a Lyme disease diagnosis as someone who's very routine oriented and she had everything figured out when it came to wellness and what worked for her. And then recently, She got this diagnosis and how she navigated that. So it really just runs the gamut in wellness. I'm so excited for you to listen to this episode. Before we get into it, please, just a reminder, if you have not left a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. They help me out so much. I want some new ones for 2022 so we can get some more amazing guests like Rachel on the podcast. So if you've not left a review yet, please do. And if you have, please go subscribe over on Spotify. Without further ado, let's get into the episode with Rachel.
1: Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jen. Thanks so much for having me. So excited. Of course. Thank you for being here. I
0: actually have my PVolve scrunchie here, and I know you have your PVolve sweatshirt on, so we're completely (laughs) repping now.
1: (laughs) Love it. Love it.
0: Well, we have to start every episode with your top self care tip that has played a role in your success. So let's hear it.
1: Top self care tip. I would say really establishing a morning routine has really helped me just set my day, you know, on a positive note, and it doesn't have to be an hour, two hours, but something, you know, that's very ritual to you, that's going to just help you personally, you know, set you up for success. So for me, you know, it's getting out of bed, hot water, lemon, no phone and getting outside just to really like breathe fresh air, and then kind of looking at my phone maybe 30 40 minutes and just getting right into the day but that morning time of just sitting with myself I think has really played a massive part
0: I completely agree if I just wake up and get right into the day it's a chaotic energy that yeah. I'm approaching it with and just full-on anxiety so I completely agree are you you're in New York City right I actually moved out to
1: the Hamptons. Okay. So
0: that makes sense why being outside yeah. is a little more enjoyable in the morning.
1: <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, I came out here during COVID and have not gone back to the city and it's just been such a game changer, you know, of like, I think even in the city, it would always, you know, oh, I'll go outside, but it was just so much more of a to-do. And so I think here, just really sitting outside and taking those couple deep breaths and being still with yourself. Um I don't really want to leave here and go oh, yeah. back to the city. Did you
0: ever crave slowing down at all until the pandemic?
1: No, 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 no. I, I mean, I grew up in the suburbs outside of Detroit and Michigan. So this, you know, slower, more nature greeneries, how I grew up. But when I lived in the city, I mean, I loved it. I love the hustle, getting up every day, going to the studio, going to the office, coming home and repeat, repeat. But then- covid i was just like oh my god like really you know how to sit with myself and really think about what a toll that was taking on me and i think my mental health as well um and now i just i love it i love the slow and steady lifestyle
0: i feel like we never had literally a breath or a minute to realize how it was affecting us because like you said it was just like hustle 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 eat sleep repeat and once the pandemic hit and we were forced to like sit in these apartments and just (laughs) be still in such a chaotic energy city I think we've all been craving more like or or even just like piqued our interest of some slower living and I feel like it's allowed us to also make our morning routines better because even though we're in a chaotic city and we love it and there's so many perks to it and so much inspiration here slowing down in the morning and at night I find is key
1: yeah and I think too, um you know sleep has been such a big thing for me that I've personally been trying to work on, and your day starts in the morning, you know how you kind of set yourself up in that first hour that you've woken up is really gonna set up not only the rest of your day but then how you get to bed as well. So I think it's super important whether it's five, ten, twenty, thirty minutes in the morning, whatever feels right for you, but just having that kind of ritual that gets you going.
0: Yeah, and to your point, if the morning's so important, we can't really show up as our best selves in the morning if we're not sleeping well the night before. Yes, (laughs) it's all all interconnected. That's why I'm always talking about how self-care is actually work because sometimes you want to just sit and binge a show all night, but like it's actually harder to get yourself to just like take the CBD oil, read a book, and get to bed (laughs) early.
1: Yeah, that was like me last night watching Ozarks. I was like, oh, my God, I want to keep going. No, no, no. (laughs) To save it, save it. It'll be here tomorrow. It's hard, but you thank yourself
0: in the morning every time. Yes, exactly. Okay. Well, I want to dive into your story. So what was your relationship to fitness growing up? When did you, what point in your life did you develop a love or an interest in fitness?
1: Probably early twenties. You know, I grew up not very active. I, you know, danced and played tennis, but I wasn't this super athletic kid and, you know, my family wasn't a family of athletes. We, you know, would go for bike rides and things like that, but really early 20s, you know, when I moved away from home and went to college and just started living more of a college lifestyle and not really taking care of myself and not, you know, really realizing that I can't do the same things as I did in high school and still really look and feel the same way. Um, and just woke up one day, really, I was probably about 19 and just didn't recognize myself in the mirror. You know, I gained weight. I wasn't feeling confident in my body and just didn't recognize the person that I was staring at and just wanted to start leading a more healthier lifestyle. So first started looking towards, you know, fitness and what that could mean. And, you know, started doing Pilates and bouncing around to different uh, boutique studios in New York City. And I never found a class or a style of workout that really spoke to me or connected with me. It was always felt like a chore. It was always like, Oh, I got to go to this class. Oh, I have to go do that. But it was I never felt excited. Um, and I not only wasn't seeing physical results, but my body was in such excruciating pain. I went to the doctor. I found out I had scoliosis. Um, So I really felt stuck at early, you know, my early 20s of I'm trying to get into fitness and trying to understand this whole world, but nothing was feeling good. And I felt like I just had to continue to push through that pain um, because it was something that I kind of had had to do.
0: Yeah, I think we can all, first of all, relate with the story of you get caught up in the college lifestyle. It's definitely not about taking care of yourself at all. No. If anything, it's the opposite. And I do think it's it's important to embrace it. Like it's the most fun time. But I think we've all had that moment where either for me, it was like right after college, I was like, what just happened? I need to get a trainer. Like I need to figure out how to feel good again because I can't cover it up with like a college party or like now I need to be in the real world and I want to feel good. So I think we can all relate to that. But then also I have so many friends. I love trying out workout classes in the city. And I have friends that are like, I just don't like working out. And I get like, not frustrated, but I'm like, you just need to find what works for you because there is something. Working out is supposed to make you feel good. And when yep. you find what does make you specifically feel good, it's like addicting. You get addicted to that high that you feel after when you walk out of the workout, the energy it gives you the rest of the day, the long-term effects, the benefits. So I'm curious, you, you had your pain, you realized it was scoliosis. What was the next step? And what did you do before creating P-Evolve? I feel like there there must be like a big chunk of time cuz you were in the beauty industry. So what did you start doing to try and feel better before realizing there's a gap in the market and I want to be the person to fill it?
1: Yeah, so I had my hairline coupe which was going and I there really wasn't that big of a gap, you know. It was I found out I had scoliosis and I still was like, "Okay, I'm, you know what? I'm just going to push through it." because even I felt like talking to other girlfriends, you know, I I really wasn't finding that people were kind of talking of like, Oh, that workout class, you know, left me feeling so energized and left me feeling so open. And I feel um, very nourished after that class. And I felt like the conversation at that time was more about depleting. And yes, like, Oh, I'm dripping sweat, I'm hunched over my shoulders hurt, but I have these six pack abs. And so I think my brain was also very, you know, trained like a lot of ours are of that you kind of have to push through the pain to get those results. So I just kept bouncing around to different gyms and different trainers and I then um, met my other co-founder, Steven, and he kind of opened my eyes to this world of really functional movement and low impact training and resistance training and really using my own body weight and teaching me how to activate and turn on, you know, all the muscles in my body. And I remember my first session, he was like, slow down, stop swinging your leg and pulsing your leg and flying it around. Like let's really control those movements and what muscles kind of bringing your leg up and what muscles bringing it down. And when I walked out of that first session, I felt good. You know, I felt like, wow, my, my back feels open. And I just, I felt very nourish. And I kind of was like, I want to go back. I think I want to do that again. Yeah. And I kept going back and kept working with him. And really, after a couple months, I not only was seeing physical results, but my back pain went away, my wow. hips felt more open. And I was like, I didn't even know I had tight hips. Okay, like, what is that all about? And just really started to understand and really get to know my body on a deeper level. And I started meeting other clients that he was working with, and different women, different ages, you know fitness backgrounds, and everyone had these different goals, but all achieving those goals with this common theme of I feel good in my body, I have less pain, and I'm really you know creating this whole body strength, and I just had this light bulb moment, I'm like, okay my whole life changed. Like I felt confident. I felt like even better in my own skin than I did before. I felt like I could take on the world and I, you know, meeting his other clients, I'm like, if, if we're all, you know, experiencing this, we have to get this out to more women, um, you know, across the world. So we opened up a small little studio in Chinatown and just kind of hit, hit the ground running. And you know, I knew really entering into the fitness market because it is so saturated that we needed something to stand out alongside this, you know, new methodology. Um, and that's really where the p our hero product, came into place. And 2017, we launched p with our proprietary equipment, our studio, and our on-demand platform.
0: So, okay, there's so much in there I need to unpack. <laughs> but what really stood out to me was that you said – From the workout itself, your hips felt more open, you felt less pain. And I think including myself, I, for one, feel like the fitness and the workout is where like, you know, you get fit, you build strength, you tone up, and then feeling the less pain or opening up your hips, something like that comes in the recovery. Like I always get Mm -hmm. down on myself because I'm not stretching enough after doing like weight training and I feel tighter from it. But the fact that you're saying within the fitness modality, you were feeling less pain and more stretched out, I think is the key here. And I think is what makes p so different. I want to dive into that. And also on that note, ask, are you building strength as well? Like, I know you're getting sculpted and you're getting toned, but I think there's a misconception that like with low impact and with tiny weights, which might be true, you're not necessarily Getting stronger in terms of like how much weight you can lift and like being able to put the suitcase in the overhead mm-hmm. in the airplane. Like, can you break down? I guess the strength training component to it.
1: So I would say, and I forgot the first question you asked. We'll start with this one <laughs> and then sorry. we can go back. <laughs> I got excited. <laughs> um, you know, I think I, for me personally, I've never been stronger. You know, I think. There's a big difference, and what we love to teach is that you know, I can be holding hand weights here, or I can really be squeezing and activating, and I can be, you know, pushing my arm out, or I can really be like, oh, stretching it out and pulling it back in. And that's with no weights. I mean, I sometimes think no equipment is more challenging, and I'm actually like sweating and burning even more than with the kind of added resistance. Um, and I've seen with a lot of our clients that we really are building that strength. And I think sometimes people think low impact, oh, it's so easy. Right. But you really can make it as easy as you want or as difficult as you want. I think it's how you show up and the mindset that you have. I think what also makes us very different is that we are really moving your body in 360 degrees in motion. So we really focus on a lot of external rotation and internal rotation and really just – Kind of activating and turning on a lot of those muscles that are going to help you when you're out of the workout. I think a workout shouldn't just start and stop. You know, when you walk into the class or when you leave or when you push play in a video, when you stop it, it really should be benefiting you from the second you wake up into the second you go to bed. And I think, you know, people think low weights and low ankle weights and low uh, pound hand weights aren't difficult, but when you can really kind of focus your mind to that muscle and you can really activate and engage it. I promise you you don't need much, you know, more weight than that. Obviously, if there's certain goals that you're trying to achieve, you know, different pound weights can come into play, but we really kind of focus on on that very strong engagement and really activating um, those muscles.
0: Yeah. And when we're talking about less pain, I went to PV last week and it was my first time going and it was definitely different than anything I had ever taken. And I've taken many different workout classes in this city. What I noticed was exactly what you were mentioning and that I felt good after. And I was shocked by not feeling any pain because I box a lot and my shoulder yeah. is always hurting. Like I'm I'm always feeling pain in some way. And I felt like the fitness pain that came in, like, you know, when you're, you're one too many reps or you're burning, like yeah. for me, it was, I was just burning out my glutes or something that felt really good. Like it was a burn that felt really good as I was like lengthening out my body. Like whether it was standing up and having my leg back and just like pulsing with the ankle weight. Like it was burning me out as I was in a physical positioning to be opening up as well. So that's how I felt. I felt like it was less pain but still burning out. And I would love to dive into for someone – who has never taken an online class, even seen an advertisement, like what does a P-evolve workout look like and what is the equipment that you use?
1: What is a class? (laughs) Okay, it depends on the class, you know, but I would say in general, you know, it really is, like you said, it's about opening up the body, feeling very energized, feeling very um, stretched out and lengthened, but then also kind of getting very targeted on those micro moves. So yes, you know, If you're in, let's say it's a 55 minute studio class, you're gonna really start standing, you're gonna stretch the body, you'll use some equipment to then continue to do these bigger ranges of motion, really moving your body in all planes of motion up, down, and then, you know, going and really narrowing in. Let's say it's on the top of the glutes and then doing some more bigger ranges of motion, and then maybe you're targeting the bottom of the glutes. We really kind of stick to eight to 10 reps because we really believe, you know, it's not about how many reps you can do and kind of overly fatiguing that muscle. If you can really do eight strong reps or even four or six, that's great. And then you move on. There's not a lot of repetition with moves. You're constantly just moving and ebbing and flowing throughout the entire class. And then obviously for our on-demand platform that can get, you know, tailored down dependent on the time length. But I think with really this kind of less pain, you know, uh, I think everybody experiences whether it's pain or sensitivity in their body. And at the end of the day, we all just want to feel good. And I think now, even more so than when we launched, people are understanding and have an interest in, you know, really learning about their body and educating themselves on their body and understanding that a workout and your movement shouldn't deplete you, it really should nourish you, you know, you should feel great after that workout class, and you should, you know, be craving that movement every day. And like you were saying earlier, like, that type of movement that you're choosing to do should set you up for success for the rest of your day and really leave you feeling like, wow just, you know, got a great class and I'm ready to go take on the rest of the day. And that's what we've really seen with a lot of our members, what they're saying.
0: Yeah, because it's a workout that doesn't completely deplete you. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it's de- like you burn out, do not get me wrong. And it's hard. And I was actually surprised at how much I was sweating. Because I was like, I'm not doing jumping jacks or anything. But like, I'm full on sweating while I'm pulsing right now. Yeah. And it, it really gave me energy for the entire day. Like I, I remembered at the end of the night being like, I don't feel like zonked out from that. Like I'm like dehydrated totally. from it. And I did feel like I got such a stretch in because I feel like a lot of workouts and why so many of us forget to stretch is like we go to a workout class or we do an online workout and they don't really place an emphasis on stretching or on the recovery process. But I loved p because I felt like I'm showing up somewhere. I have an hour and I want to get it all in. And I want to yeah. actually stretch my body out during and after the workout. And I feel like you guys, for me, what what I think of when I think of p has always been the equipment. I feel like it's very different than what other studios use or what other platforms use. And the equipment was even used during the stretch in the class that I took. Like we used the ball and put it under our foot and I was – stretching parts of my foot that I probably haven't stretched in years
1: and how good did it feel amazing like I felt
0: I was like I need to get one of these for my apartment (laughs) like just from that one class and that one stretch so I did just want to say like it definitely shines through when you're taking the class that it's not just you know a mission statement or something like that it's like really woven through throughout the class
1: yeah. And I think, you know, the, the burn is something that, you know, it's definitely there and I don't want people, you know, to think that it's not, it really, I think like you were saying you experience it is about that kind of stretch and that kind of strength throughout the whole class. Um, and it can be very, very challenging, like very, very hard. And I think, you know, also you're kind of turning on muscles that maybe haven't been woken up in a while. And I think with some other classes as well, you know, you're kind of in one plane of motion, and you're only working front or back, or maybe you're in, you know, one position for too long. And so for us, you know, like we were saying earlier, just really continuing to move the body and take the body on a journey throughout that whole class, I think what really leads you with that opening and energizing feeling.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it does feel like a full body strengthen, lengthen all of the mm-hmm. things you mentioned something about like moving muscles that you probably haven't moved in a while. And it just reminded me of people who, who want to get back into fitness and maybe haven't moved their bodies in a while other than like walking to work. And then they sit at a Mm -hmm. desk all day. And especially during this work from home season, like a lot of us have just gotten stuck sitting more than ever before. And they might hear an episode like this and get inspired and want to try the workout. But I hear so often people are intimidated to show up to the workout class, especially because you're not in the comfort of your own home, but also just not knowing how to use equipment or not knowing what to expect. What is the advice you give someone who wants to start on their wellness journey, their fitness journey, start to feel good again, but they're so intimidated to start? Because I think that is the hardest part is just to get yourself to show up or to try something out.
1: So I would say two things. First, if we want to talk like wellness journey, and then maybe we'll go into fitness. If you Mm -hmm. want to start, you know, okay, I want to start leading a healthier lifestyle. What's first? My biggest advice would be pick one thing. Maybe that's, I'm just gonna, you know, come up with what my morning routine is. And I'm going to start that for a couple weeks. And then maybe after that, it's incorporating okay, I'm going to start, you know, a new workout, maybe that's once or twice a week, and that can go up. And then maybe like the food comes in after, I think a lot of people and I've done this too, it's like, okay, tomorrow, I'm going to wake up at this time, I'm gonna, you know, have a juice, and then I'm going to try to meditate. And then I'm going to that that is not sustainable. Like there's no way that you can start all these new things, it's ultimately going to stick and form a habit. So I think when it comes to holistic wellness, Picking one thing, getting that to stick for a while, adding in something else, getting that to stick. Like for me personally, it started with with movement. And then I was feeling so good. And then I wanted to start learning more about the food. And then came the morning routine. And then I started really understanding, you know, about wanting to experiment with supplements and different things. And then the sleep, it wasn't kind of this whole overnight, like, look at me, I'm doing all these great things. When it comes to fitness, I think, expect if you want to go into an in-person class you know and with us and with a lot of other people they are online now you can go online you can go on YouTube you can sign up for a free trial risk free and poke around see what it's like social media just to kind of see uh, what to expect out of that class and I think it definitely you know can be scary trying something new but always remember like you know even for me if I went into a new workout class I wouldn't know what I was doing because it's brand new to me. And I think you got to just be kinder to yourself and, you know, you can ask as many questions as you want, call before, go in early. um, And it's just an hour of your day. And if it wasn't for you, it wasn't for you. And if you end up loving it, amazing. You know, I'm always like, what's the worst thing that can happen? You don't like it. You leave, you never go back. And if you love it, amazing. Your whole life's about to change.
0: And usually you're not the only new person in the class with yes. class pass now. Like there, people are trying new classes every single day. Almost every class I take, like truly 99.99%, there are always new people in the class. So you won't be, it's not like you're going to be completely alone in a room of professionals. Um, But to yeah. your point that you were just mentioning about like starting with the morning routine first and then this and then adding that in, it also doesn't have to be such a set like for two weeks, I'm going to do this. Then on this date, I'm going to start eating healthy. It kind of, it does unfold naturally and organically when you find something that genuinely makes you feel good. So if you find the workout that makes you feel so good, I agree with you. It kind of makes you want to start eating more nourishing foods. And for me way back, like years ago, I was in like a toxic environment at work. And the only thing that made me feel good being there for the next 10 hours of my day was to know that like I had an hour at a workout class in the morning for me and I wasn't going to be there all day. And then it made me realize, oh, this is actually the importance of of morning routine and having Mm -hmm. me time in the morning. And then I started adding other things in and waking up a bit earlier. So I completely agree with you and think that it does unfold organically. Once you find that first thing that feels so good, you want to keep showing up for it.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately it goes it all goes back to this kind of notion of really getting to know your body better. And I think when you start to connect with yourself and you know it's a little out there, right? And like that takes a long time and like I'm still learning different things and you know getting to know myself better, but it it really does start to become natural and very intuitive and I think less rigid is the way to go when, it, when you really want to make a lifestyle change.
0: I agree. Just see what you're, you're guided to, see what lights you up, see what feels good. And, and go you, you got to
1: try. Yes. You know, you got to try because what works for you, it's not going to work for me. And what works for me is not going to work for my one friend. And I think it's, it's all an experiment. And you just got to try and see and not be afraid that something's maybe not going to react well with you or maybe you're not going to like something and you got to just continue on.
0: Right. I agree. It's like you can't just be like, okay, I'm starting my wellness journey and I'm going to go to spin five times a week. And then you show up to the spin class and you're like, I hate spin. You're going to feel so disappointed in yourself, but no, you just have to try out different things. That's why I always recommend class pass. Cause like try out different classes and see what workout works for you. And on that note, I feel like we're in the wellness industry is now booming. And we are constantly being thrown different products, different CBD products, different everything, ashwagandha, different workouts, different spiritual practices, meditations, like there's so much being thrown at us at all times. So what is your advice for what can we find what actually works for us?
1: So I think it's, you know... It's hard. There's definitely a lot. I think it really comes down to what are your goals? Like if it is with a supplement, what goal are you or benefit are you trying to get from that supplement? If it is meditation, like same thing, what is it for sleep? Is it for stress? Is it for anxiety? What is kind of the benefit? And then I think, you know, asking friends, like I love asking my friends or I love listening to different podcasts with different experts. You know, for me, I was recently diagnosed with Lyme disease a year ago. And so a lot of my needs the past year and now have been very, very different to what my needs were maybe two years ago. And so I love listening to different podcasts and different experts talk about things. And I, you know, take the information in and maybe there's two suggestions out of an hour podcast. And I'm like, you know what? That this sounds really interesting. I'm going to try that. And I think, you know, with workouts, everybody has a free trial. You can sign up. There's no commitment. You can go in there and poke around. And if you don't like it, you can cancel. It's risk-free. I think with the products, you know, reviews, I always read reviews. um, But I think, especially now, people want to be educated. They want to read about the product. And so I think, you know, brands are really being authentic and showcasing all the ingredient lists. There's, you know, no, artificial sweeteners there's no this there's no this and whatever's important to you really doing the research on that product Um, asking friends and it's it's definitely hard especially now you know I'll be talking about something and then I'm getting the ad five <laughs> seconds later on my phone um, and I'm a sucker I definitely buy and try a lot um but I think you know you got to just be really focused on what is this going to do for you and how is that product going to benefit you and what you're looking for it to do.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I also, I wanted to, you mentioned that you were diagnosed with Lyme disease. So I was curious if you're open to sharing, how did that affect your wellness journey? Like how did you navigate, okay, so what still works for me? What do I need now? Like, sort of the, the anxiety or the confusion that comes with, oh, I have my routine and I know what I like, but now there's this diagnosis that, that makes me feel like I need something else or is what I'm doing okay for me? How can someone navigate that? Or how did you?
1: Yeah, I think I'm definitely um, very type A in like a routine. And I think when I started really feeling sick, you know, woke up one morning and just felt like something else took over my body. And I think because I really did have such a strong mind-body connection, I knew that those symptoms I was experiencing, it wasn't normal. I wasn't, you know, I didn't have the flu. I didn't, it's just, there's something going on in me and I'm not going to take no for an answer and just started making my rounds to different doctors. And when I, you know, got that kind of diagnosis, it was almost a relief in a way of, wow, I'm not crazy. I knew there was something wrong with me. Um, and just kind of went down the path. And I think for a minute, um, it was really hard. You know, I wasn't able to perform the way that I was at work. I couldn't get out of bed, I couldn't be on calls, I could definitely couldn't work out the way that I used to. I couldn't even get out of bed. And so I think it was like sitting with that for a minute and just, okay, let it sink in and now what are we gonna do about it? And it was really, you know, I worked with our trainers a lot because for me, like movement really is medicine. It's also for my mind. Like I have to move. It was also COVID. I was stuck at home in my apartment. I was in New York at the time. Um, And I just really worked with our trainers of really starting to do some more gentle recovery. And I think even a lot of that content, you know, my personal experience really shifted our content strategy of us really wanting to expand our recovery class category and Really putting a lot of you know new content and new programs. We also have a clinical advisory board that helps co-create a lot of our content. So I was working with a lot of you know our doctors and just really kind of experimenting with like ways that you know I still wanted the burn because I was so used. To, like I still wanted a little booty burn, but then I really wanted to stretch out my body of kind of what those class formats could look like and connecting with a lot of our other you know, members that have other autoimmune diseases, Lyme and other things. And just, you know, I think knowing that you're not alone also can help you get to the other side. And it was, I really had to learn um, to be kind to myself and really also got into meditation. I started probably to really heal on more of a surface level. And I think even in the past six months that's gotten me to an amazing place was okay, I did everything on the surface. I took my, you know, supplements, I did the IVs, but now why am I still not feeling great? And I think once I started really wanting to heal from a deeper level, from like the inside out of what else is going on with me emotionally and how can I learn to just sit and actually be still for 20 minutes, um, that's really made a drastic improvement as well.
0: So, when you say you learned or started to connect within instead of just the surface level, what did that look like? Was it TM meditation? Like, what were some of those more soul serving practices and mindful practices that you picked up?
1: I did learn TM, which I loved. I definitely think getting out in nature has helped. I also was working with this amazing, amazing kind of energy healer. And one thing that she kind of helped. Me learn was that to really not let my diagnosis define who I am, and I think a lot of us do that whether it's a disease or oh, I have shoulder pain, I can't do that move, or oh, I have this, I can't do that, or oh, I can't, I'm gluten free, I don't do that. You know, it's just we kind of let those things define who we are, especially for me. I did that a lot, um, and that really I think helped shift my mindset, and I think you know, really just learning to be kind and just give yourself a break. If it's a bad day, it's a bad day. It's fine. let's have a restart. Like, how can I, you know, knowing how if it's 12 in the afternoon, I've had a shitty morning, little things that I can do to just, okay, restart, take a breath. We're going in for like the rest of the day. I think being really open and honest with my team too. I think another thing I really learned was, just because I can, doesn't mean I should. Just because I can take all that on, just because I can, you know, being back to back to back to back meetings all day, doesn't mean I should. And really learning to say no to things was a big, a big thing for me as well.
0: I love what you said about just because you had a bad morning doesn't mean you have to have a bad day ahead of you. I think people even do this with food. It's like, oh, I had a birthday donut, so now like my whole day is shot and now I'm going to yeah. like go off the rails for the rest of the day and do things that make me feel terrible about myself. I think we all get caught up in that. It's like we have one bad feeling and that's our mentality for the rest of the day. And I think that's why finding the practices that work for you are so important because being able to pull a tool out of your toolbox when you need it is key. And if you aren't working to try things out to find those tools, it's going to be a lot harder to manage those bad days or those bad moments. And they're going to take over. And even like you mentioned, define you, it doesn't just have to be a diagnosis. It could be an attitude that you're like, Oh, I'm just a, a negative person. Like can't help it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it really goes, it goes far beyond just a diagnosis or just a bad day. I think we can let these things take over So I love that this conversation really, for me, left me feeling like, find what feels good for you. And that's always my message. So I I love that that's where this all led to.
1: It definitely, you know, it's all, it all goes back to personal, you know, and like really learning and trying what works for you. I think what's amazing is especially now in today's world, I mean, all of these kind of learning and and giving you the tools around mental health and, and wellness, there's so much more information than even a year ago, or even two years ago. And I think people are just more interested. I think, you know, through COVID, people really want to learn and know how to take care of themselves, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. And there's there's a lot of information, there's great, you know, people out there, and there's great Experts out there, and it's going back to find the person that you connect with, or the podcast host that you connect with, or the author that you connect with. And there's so much great information out there.
0: Yeah, it's very easy to find these days. If anything, it's overwhelming. Like there's so many (laughs) podcasters, so many people that I want to try out their practices or their workouts. And it, it can be very overwhelming. But I think just starting with one, you like it or you don't, then you move on to the next. Or it becomes like it changes your entire life. You really never know. So I agree. I feel like you just have to experiment and try everything. And that's really how you're going to find what works best for you, which organically leads you on your wellness journey or your mindful journey. Totally. Okay. Well, let's get into the ending segment, fun facts and favorites. The first question is what's your morning routine, but I feel like you already told us that. So (laughs) do you have a night routine?
1: Night routine. um, Yes. I always probably take about like 20 minutes to do my full skin. I love skincare. Love, love, love taking that time to just, there's nothing better than washing your face. Even though I don't wear makeup anymore, there's still nothing better than washing your face at night, doing a mask or LED. I love all the tools. So I got all the tools. Spend time doing that, play with my animals. And then I have to get in bed and watch like an hour of TV. And it usually before bed is like, Housewives or something that isn't going to stimulate me too much um, to really just kind of put me into a different zone. And then Noise Machine, Eye Mask, and Good Night, usually at like 9.30.
0: So then I want to ask you, what is your favorite skincare product that you can't live without?
1: (sighs) Favorite skincare product that I can't live without? Okay, right now I'm obsessed with the Environ the... um, oil capsules so like these little hydrating oil you put it on and I put it on at night instead of a moisturizer and they have some retinol in them um I was always petrified of a face oil but these are like next level like my skin has never looked better right now
0: okay I need to try that because I'm addicted to face oils and I agree (laughs) I always thought they would make me feel so or look so oily but they actually make you look glowing and they seep into your skin they don't just like sit on your skin like you slapped sunscreen on yourself like it's it's the most lathering it on your face is the most what is the word mesmerizing like yes. it's just like I don't even know
1: what the word is like, it's very it's, it's very like um, soothing like yeah soothing
0: it's like a soothing experience just like lathering it onto your skin so I need to try that yeah
1: you'll you'll love these
0: okay when do you feel your happiest
1: Oh, when I get seven or more hours of sleep.
0: That's a good answer. I like and that I mean, don't you
1: just wake up yes. and you're like, oh, it's a
0: good day today. Yeah. Even if you don't feel completely energized when yeah. you first wake up, you know you got enough sleep and you can conquer yep. the day once you have your coffee,
1: <laughs> at least yep, for me. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> okay. What would be your last meal on earth?
1: Probably something... Chocolate and like coconut, some type of dessert that's really, really, really chocolatey. I love chocolate, dark chocolate with like coconut in there.
0: Yum. Okay. Well, where can all the people find you and all things PVOLV?
1: I am at R. Katzman and you can find Pevolve at Pevolve and PVOLV.com.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. This was an incredible conversation. I'm so grateful that you came onto the podcast.
1: Thanks, Sean. Love talking with you. Of course. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I would
0: so appreciate it if you could take a moment to rate, review, and definitely subscribe so that you don't miss another insightful episode. You can also engage with the community on the Dare to Self Care podcast Instagram. So definitely join us all there. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.